ziek. En het is gewoon. That is the intro to Discussions of Truth coming at you every Wednesday from the Wynwood Radio Studio in the Wynwood District of Miami, Florida. Live version there, Seattle, 1989 throwback Metallica. And as you heard Hetfield say, that is exactly what I aim to do and that is why without... Authorization from Metallica yet, and I have reached out. I continue to use that as an intro because that is what we do. We seek out corruption and and aim to destroy it. What a show coming your way today. Let me, before we get into Almost 30, with Baltimore author Victoria Kent, let me mention the Greylock Venture Capital investment arm. Facebook's most recent round of funding led by that company who put in the sum of $27.5 million. One of Greylock's senior partners is Howard Cox, a former chairman of the NVCA. He is also on the board of Palo Alto based, I think actually it's Menlo Park, and if any of those two cities spark your memory, you're looking at on the footstep, being on the footstep of Stanford University. What's in in QTEL? Well, let's believe it or not. This is a venture capital wing of nothing more than the Central Intelligence Agency. And post 9-11, the U.S. intelligence community became so excited by the possibility of new technology and innovations being made in the private sector that in 99, yes, two years before, they set up their own venture capital fund, and that would be the very own InQtel, which identifies as partners with companies developing cutting-edge technologies to help deliver these solutions to the U.S. intelligence community. How is there that link to Facebook? 
Go back in my archive. That's on iantrotier.com, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com. Just to make it easy for you, impeach mass media. Impeachmassmedia.com. Shirts have just been ordered. They've got the show slogan, be awesome. Impeachmassmedia.com. That will give you the Ray McGovern interview as he joined Winwood Radio. Yes, almost 30 years in the Central Intelligence Agency. And he says, Ian, it's no longer the Eisenhower era of the military industrial complex. It's the military industrial media complex. And thus, we get into the socialization. Oh, that's an interesting word as you pair with a republic and a democracy. Socialization. Communism. Hmm. Anyway, socialization of media. And that's what we have today. Social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let's bring it back to MySpace. Yes, this is the dawn of, well, just ask yourself, is it a little too close for comfort? The information you put out on the information superhighway goes lightning fast. Is it doing anything to deteriorate the foundation upon which the U.S. Constitution was built upon? All right. Just added to program, Patrick Andendahl. He's the author of... Myth or math? Stupid party. Stupid party. That is a term that some folks are using in regards to the Republican Party. If you ask me, I think both parties, that a term could apply and should apply to both parties. But yes, and it actually is a NIFA, if I've got that right, winner. It's, a, it's, a, it's been acknowledged by that organization, he's a prior author to Who is Jeb? And that would mean Jeb Bush. He's a, an ex-janitor in the reinsurance industry. And I do use that term lightly. He cleaned up messes. Okay, so he's good with numbers. October 31st, Patrick will be joining program. And next week... We'll have Cody Snodgrass joining us. He's a former deep state agent. We're going to get into the Oklahoma City bombing. November 7th, Blood in the Water. Joan Mellon, professor at Temple University that's written a book, How the United States and Israel Conspired to Ambush the USS Liberty. And then we're going to get into some vaccines again. That's November 14th with Dr. Judy Mikovits and what she's discovered in the course of her career will open your eyes. And another recently added guest, November 28th, Operation Freedom Health will stay in the health industry with David Janda, MD. He hosts his own program on Wham Talk 1600 based out of Ann Arbor. And he will be talking about the various links that he has put together in regards to health and media and how some of your views may be tainted 
The Dr. Janda, by the way, was appointed by the former Bush administration to the board of the National Center for Injury Prevention and Control. So he has some national recognition. I will be right back with author Victoria Kent. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Windward Radio, and I am your host of the weekly show, Discussion to Truth. We always start at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow me on social, at Twitter and Instagram. Yes, I take part. Don't do a lot of Facebook, but I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Those are my handles. Okay, and welcome back. I am with Baltimore author Victoria Kent. Victoria is the author of new book, Almost 30. Victoria, how are you today? I'm doing well, Ian. How are you? Well, I'm doing just fantastic. I'm I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have you on the program to tell us about... uh, what you've written here in, in, in Almost 30. Tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what inspired you to write your book. Okay. Um, well, my name is Victoria. I want to thank you for having me on the show. I'm a resident of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I wrote Almost 30 because I was starting to feel stagnant. And I life, kind of like I had failed at what I was doing. And talking to other millennials, particularly in other cities, we I felt like I wasn't alone. So others felt the same way. Hence, Almost 30 was born. Excellent. And um, now, this is your first publication. And you've got, um, you've, you've got it published by TMD Publishing. Um, yeah. How long did it take you to write the book? It took me about two and a half years to write it. Um, couple that with working and just everyday life. So it took me quite a while, about two and a half years to write it. Okay, excellent. And what's been the reception so far in the community there in Baltimore? And then uh, what, what type of reception have you has, has a book drawn? So far, I've had some pretty good reviews. Um, Amazon, Facebook, Instagram. 
um, people reaching out to me on email. They really liked it, so it's pr- doing pretty well. And is it is is it mostly appealing to uh, any uh, particular demographic or age, uh, high school, college? You know, surprisingly, my target audience was yeah. the millennial. Um, but I've had older women and men. When I say older, I'm talking like 40 and over. They really liked my book. A couple of them have written reviews on Amazon and have reached out to me. So that's that's pretty amazing. Very cool. There's a there's a line in in, in, in the book that 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 stuck out to me. While some of my peers and relatives, and of course you you you, you are writing. Uh, uh, on behalf of another person, is that right, uh, Sawyer Jenkins? Yes. And, and is this a um, th- this is a uh, fictitious individual? Yes. And so uh, here on, on on page twenty five, while some of the peers now I'll explain why this caught my eye, but when some of the peers and relatives were awarded with money and plastic toys from Chuck E. Cheese, and that's what caught my eye was, was Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, for obtaining good grades, I was fortunate to get a smile. So right there, you you, you can sense that Sawyer's got got some struggles. She's got some struggles, of course, not only at home, or, or excuse me, not only outside of the home, but 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 definitely inside of the home. Is this something that you can relate to? Yes, I can relate to that. Um, So the household that I grew up in, we were expected to, you know, get good grades. That was expected of us. Um, So that really, you know, when as an adult, you're expected to do what you're supposed to do. So you're not rewarded for things that you're supposed to do. So, yes, I did grow up in an environment like that. And then you've got (laughs) you've got another chapter in here. Um, and it's titled "Home." Home is not where the heart is. Home is where the fart is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go into that a little bit. What? What? what give the uh, the background behind the behind that. So um, I was nineteen when my brothers were born. Twin brothers, identical. And um, I grew up in a house with primarily women and females. And I did have a male cousin I grew up with, but I had no idea that little boys farted, excuse my language, you know, (laughs) so much. Like this, like a thing with little boys. And, um, you know, in writing about that in Home is Where the Fart is, I've had couple of people reach out to me and say, you know, it's actually quite true and funny. They do bark quite often. It's like a thing with them. <laughs> well, not just, not just boys. Right? No, not, you know. It's, the father does too. I'm girls, kidding. Girls do it too, but it's just like a thing with them. Like it's like a thing. <laughs> it's, it's fart McDart. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Okay, so wait, now tell us what's what's on the agenda here. What's your next project? What's your next book? Are you thinking about another book? Um, have you been contacted by Oprah yet? Oh wow! Um, no, Oprah has not contacted me about my book. Um, I am working on my sequel. This is thirty. Great. Um, so hopefully that will be released sometime at the end of two thousand and nineteen, if not the beginning of two thousand and twenty. 
Excellent. And uh, can you give listeners any 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 sneak preview on where uh, what they should expect from this This Is 30? Sawyer has a new lease on life. Uh, she was able to move out of her mom's house. She has a new job, but I don't want to give too much away. So I want my readers yeah. to stay tuned for, two, for the sequel. This is 30. So there are some improvements in Sawyer's life. I had a curiosity. Had a curiosity. How's the book doing in the Atlanta market? Has it done? Is there any movement in the Atlanta market? Um, I have not had any movement in the Atlanta market. So it's been flooded, of course, in Baltimore, my hometown. My next move is Washington D.C. and then maybe Virginia, but it has not hit the Atlanta market as of yet. And, and t- tell tell listeners what's what's the biggest uh, what's the, what's been the biggest surprise for you since uh, since releasing the book. So as a writer, um, I struggled with how transparent did I want to be, and I decided to just be as transparent as possible. And surprisingly, you know, people loved it. I'm thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't use this curse word or this uh-huh. slang term. People absolutely loved it. So I'm I'm shocked at how many people, not just 30-year-olds, can relate to the book Almost 30. Uh-huh. Right. Good. Okay, great. Uh, Victoria, um, I'm excited for what you're doing and uh, you're building up the community around you. You're, you're helping direct some of those those youth or, or young adults out there that that might need directed direction what is what what are what are some of the parting words in parting words what are some of the, the the words of encouragement that you might have for anyone anyone out there that 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 could see and as you've alluded to it's not not just it's not just the uh the college age young adults this is this is this is this is for any any age range what what words of encouragement would you have for for anyone that that is out there considering uh purchasing your book and 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 and, and even uh, looking for uh, looking for some answers that, that you may be providing in that book. Words of encouragement. So we live in a society that is inundated with social media. People are posting extravagant cuisine, lavish vacations, really nice cars and clothes. And some of us, actually a lot of us actually, do not possess those things. So my message not just for people that are almost 30, you know, um, older folks or people that are in their late teens is even though you see these things constantly on repeat on social media, set, continue to set personal goals for yourself because even though you may not be able to post those things today or tomorrow, eventually you'll be able to accomplish some of your goals and share them with the rest of the world on social media. So, so in essence, almost almost baby steps. Look look at the little look at the little advancements in life, and then let that lead up to larger things. Is that would that be accurate? Exactly, exactly. And although you know someone's personal goal may be I don't know to own a Benz Mercedes, and they post it, your goal may be to own a Toyota Camry. Post that. That's your goal. That's something that you've accomplished. That's that's a huge accomplishment, and you know share that. Well said, Victoria. Well said. Where can listeners um, purchase the book from you or, or follow you on social media? How can they, how can they get in touch with you? 
You can contact me on social media via Facebook and Instagram. Just type in author Victoria Kent. Um, if you would like to purchase the book, you can purchase my book on Amazon via ebook. And if you would like a paperback copy of Almost 30, head on over to my website at www.authorvictoriakent.com. Excellent, Victoria. Any parting words? Um, go out in the world. No, be the change that you want to see in the world. That's actually one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi. Wow. Thank you so much, Ian, for having me. <laughs> okay. Victoria, looking forward to talking to you later. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, author, Baltimore-based author, Victoria Kent. Her book, Almost 30. What a wonderful example of... As someone who's reaching out to build the community around her, as we all can do because it's within our power. Let's not forget, we are the people. And as Victoria said, only you can make the change that you desire to see in the world. I'll be right back with our next guest, 2017 Prague Peace Prize winner, Ol Domigard. destroy we welcome to winwood radio author all demigard all how are you today i'm good thank you and my name is ole actually it's more like the spanish uh, pronunciation i okay i should have clarified that before i uh, mentioned that ole 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 like that that's the one it's a danish name but uh, i live in spain so it's a bit of a joke here are you familiar with Daniel Estulin by chance? God, yeah. 
Okay, uh, so he's a prior a prior guest on this program. He he's a Russian guy, but uh, but living in Spain. So uh, because you said you live in Spain, I thought well maybe you maybe you know uh, Daniel. I've been in touch with him uh, per email. I never met him, and uh, I've heard that he lives here in Spain, but I've never met him. But uh, I sure would like to. He was uh, Mexico's top. He won Mexico's top journalism award. Uh, two years in a row, and uh, he's published by a great uh, little publishing house uh, here in the U.S. Um, in Oregon. Uh, and 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 what 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 this program and its listeners have been most appalled by uh, has been the fact that uh, he's sold millions of copies of his book worldwide. Uh, yet no major publisher in the U.S. will pick him up, and his books are banned in England. Well, join the club. That's the way it is at the moment. It's very, very strange times we live in. And uh, you uh, actually were very fortunate to have you join program today because just a few days ago, you were having some major issues with your website. It's been going on for the last three weeks now, and it it was a very, very advanced attack, I must say. it's. Uh, I've been doing this for some 35-odd years, and... Uh, some years ago, I, I was uh, under a lot of attacks as well. We managed to sort it out, but every time we, we got back online, boom, the site went down until I asked my friend, uh, uh, CAA whistleblower Chip Tatum, if I could put my website on his server. And from then that day on, boom, everything was sorted. Not a problem, nothing. Everything was working beautifully. But then uh, the site started growing a lot and in the end it was too big for his uh, his service so we moved it to GoDaddy and uh, we had no problems whatsoever until very recently and uh, it's also the last six eight months on YouTube where it's the censorship have just been totally unreal and where more or less uh, every time when I do interviews especially about force flag uh, techniques how they are carried out the templates they're using and so on then very often my interviews are taken down deleted from uh, the YouTube channels uh, uh, within 24 48 hours and I've done like 500, between 500 and 1,000 interviews. So it's very clear when it's this topic, boom, they just disappears. And then came this attack on, on our website. And then if you want to, I can go into some details about what actually happened because it was quite, uh, um, I don't know what to say, but it quite on a high level. Yes, please. Well, the thing was that uh, uh, we've been uh, working very, very hard to make my website lightonconspiracies.com to a site uh, with uh, uh, multiple posts every day, also all my interviews, but uh, uh, also where other uh, authors and researchers and uh, people that had their YouTube channels shut down and so on, that we would uh, <coughs> publish their videos, their articles and so on, so that this website would be sort of like a hub where people would come and find what uh, at least I really hoped uh, would be proper true uh, news uh, media and so on so that it could be like a, a place where people could come and then they could use that and then uh, go from in all different direction depending on the different authors and researchers they found there so we put a lot and a lot of effort into this website and the traffic was really building up and then um, about two and a half three weeks ago I started having problems with my email 
And I'm a former programmer myself, so I checked if everything was okay, but uh, the sending function didn't didn't work. So we checked everything. It was the way it should be. I then contacted GoDaddy, which is the company where we moved the whole thing to. And uh, uh, the... The woman at the support, she said, well, everything looks okay in her end. So the only thing she could see was that if, if I started deleting some stuff on the server, because it seemed like we had filled up the, the amount that we were paying for, okay. yeah. then that could help clear the whole thing up. And I said, I find that a little bit strange because we pay for unlimited space. So, I mean, what do you mean by clearing up some space? And she said, well, I... I don't know, but this is the only thing I can see. And you, I can also see on the server that you, you're pushing the limit here and that might slow down the email. So I said, once again, I find that very strange since we are paying for unlimited. I don't know what unlimited means in, in your part of the world, but for me, it means that you can put whatever you want there. Anyway, so I said, if that will help, let's check it out. So I got hold on my uh, webmaster. I, I got a small little beautiful team around me. And uh, he is very, very security aware and very, very good on when it uh, comes to technical things. And so I said, could you please help me go through the server and see if there's anything we don't need there that we can just delete and then see if we can get the email working again. And he said, yeah, sure. Please. So we started going through the server and we found one folder where it says partial backup 2017. And he said, do you recognize this one? I said, I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought it's a leftover maybe from the installation. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've never seen it before. And on GoDaddy's server, there's a special program that uh, sort of uh, will direct you to say that uh, this file is okay to delete that folder you should leave alone and so on. And so uh, my webmaster followed the destruction instructions and he, uh, on this one, it says uh, backup, partial backup 2017, please delete. That was the exact wording, please delete. So he just followed the instructions, and when he clicked on that button, the whole thing was like nuked. The whole website, everything, the whole installation wow. was just whacked. I mean, in one go, the whole thing exploded in his face. So he he would he just freaked out and and actually puked on the floor because it was just like he felt wow. what the what have I done? What have I done? Right, right. But the only thing he had done was following instructions. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he called me and, and was, uh, you know, really upset. And I said, but just, you know, please stop being sick. Let's breathe and just take it one step at a time and see what actually happened here. So we looked at it and the whole thing was corrupt. And so uh, he started uh, getting in touch with the support again. And they said, uh, we have no idea what happened here. Uh, you were the one that pushed the button, so we're wow. sort of not really responsible, but uh, let's go through it. And it turned out that uh, there was not a lot we could do with it. So we said, uh, well, thank God, I'm sure you had backups. And they said, yes, we have. Uh, uh, we asked, so where is the latest from? It's from two days ago. She said, but we cannot guarantee that it's, uh, that it's complete which I also find a little bit strange because if I was sort of like a major company and and I'm trusting them to make regular backups and, uh, and they can't guarantee that they make complete backups, I find that a little strange for such a big company like GoDaddy. Yeah. So anyway, 
she said, uh, we have that and we can install it. I said, please do. And she said, well, it would be $185. So, okay, huh. we follow an instruction. Now you want to charge it. But yeah. if that's the only option, here's $185. We paid it and they installed it. But what they installed was a backup from uh, uh, October 2017. That's one year of multiple posts every day, all the thing that we build up inside the database, everything like that. Mm -hmm. And they said, that's it. And then the whole thing was that the, the database itself, you know, normally, I don't know how many lines of code in a normal database that, that size, maybe, uh, maybe a few thousand at at most, and when when the technicians uh, checked it, there were 2.8 billion lines of code in it. Hmm. So it was absolutely like uh, blown up from the inside. And then every time they tried to fix something, something else exploded uh, in the whole installation. So it's like it felt like it was booby trapped. And then the every single time when when uh, we hired in uh, people in india because i'm i'm like a one man band i'm you know i have to pay everything myself so mm -hmm. we got hold of technicians in in india that very well educated that helped us but every time they fixed something boom something else went on mm -hmm. so my webmaster was with uh, on the uh, on call with the support you know over and over and over again and they kept giving completely different answers every time i mean it wasn't even close to what they had said the, the time before and then in the end it came to a point where they didn't pick up when we called we were in for hours in in the phone line they didn't pick up they didn't they stopped answering emails and so on hmm. and i find that very very suspicious yeah, yeah. at this at the same time, also, we saw that there is another major website called Truth Media, uh, Aaron and Melissa, that makes absolutely amazing stuff. And okay. uh, it, it seems to me like they were hit more or less identically at the exact same time. Then when I, I was uh, on tour, when this happened, I was in Sweden, Denmark, Germany, Belgium, Holland, and uh, uh, I was I was doing this interview in Denmark, and while I was uh, we were taking a break, and while I was there, the uh, the host, the guy who was interviewing me, suddenly got a phone call, right. because he is also the pre presenter at the David Icke conference in Copenhagen. So there was this anonymous guy who had got hold of his number that he does not hand out to anyone hardly. Hmm who was starting to ask about uh, David Icke's uh, concert. And in a very, very strange way, you know, he didn't, he refused to say who he was. He refused to say where he had the, got the number from. Mm -hmm. He was, and he was just trying to push him regarding David Icke's uh, location, where it was going to be. Interesting. Yeah. The thing was that it, it, it when, when uh, the guy who interviewed me put down mm -hmm. the phone, he he was a bit pale and he said, it's really strange right in the, in our interview that he calls now and he, he felt that it was almost some kind of like uh, intimidation. Uh, I don't know. But then uh, later that night, I went to my Facebook account and it said that it had been uh, cancelled, that it had been wow. uh, suspended because they said that I had uploaded the copyright material mm -hmm. and i only up upload my my own so i'm like how did that happen so i i clicked on terms and condition and when i clicked on that 
there was a photo from the interview that I'd just done, uh, uh, you know, that he had put on his uh, Facebook page, just a, a photo of him and myself and a few lines that he had done this interview. But that, when I clicked the terms and condition uh, button, that popped up. So it was like, hmm. what is going on? And also we had... Uh, uh, problems uh, with our patron where people uh, had started getting very strange uh, uh, comments you know like they had need to up their, update their devices and yeah. and all of it at the same time so um, what can I say I don't feel that this is a, just a coincidence and also it, I mean there was almost smoke coming out of this database so now thanks to beautiful people from around the world, I got uh, people in Panama, I got people in Canada and Sweden who has offered to help. And uh, so we, we've been trying now for weeks to get it back up. But uh, as soon as we start reinstalling stuff, boom, it, it uh, goes down again. Ole, all of this so, happened to you this week? No, it's uh, it, it's been going on now for two and a half, three weeks. Uh-huh. And it's still not up. The website is still not up again. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's not just any simple little hack, I tell you that. Who's uh, who's behind GoDaddy? Whereas whereas who does GoDaddy buy? Uh, 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 well, by their uh, authority, if you will, to uh, to register these names. Is it is it ICANN? I'm I, I'm not a technician in that uh, aspect, so I don't I wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I'm just but, curious. Go ahead. No, I I know that uh, there's been uh, issues made by other people when it comes to these type of things. And with connections to Amazon and the CIA. So I don't know how this is connected or if it is connected. But f- to me, it feels like when they stop answering the phone, a company yeah. like that, and if they don't answer emails anymore, something is strange here. So what I believe, this is just a wild theory, but I believe that uh, uh, somebody in a black suit has appeared uh, the people working at GoDaddy, super nice uh, as usual. Sure. But one one person has just uh, appeared, showed the ID saying, we suspect this domain of terror activity or whatever they call it. Uh, let us take uh, over from here. And then they uh, gone in, placed this like whatever mini nuke inside the website. Yeah, yeah of course. And boom. Yeah. And boom, it gone off. And then the number, uh, they got this uh, uh, number for the case number. And every time we called, I think it has been directed to them. And they've been sending us around in circles, just trying to wear us, wear us down. And in the end, when they couldn't answer anymore, they just stopped answering. So, um, well, well, what to so, say? So, so, Ole, for listeners out there to understand, you're, you, you won the, well, Let's go here. You won the 2017 Prague Peace Prize. Uh, what does that mean? Would you explain that to listeners, why you won that prize and what that prize is? I think it it's, um, for like I said, for many, many years, I've been looking into very dark stuff, like top political assassinations and false flag terror, meaning state-sponsored inside jobs. I, it turned out to be. And... Over these years, the, the reason why I've done this is to try and stop this madness. It's not that I'm a conspiracy geek, that I'm uh, just thriving in, in, in studying these type of things. It's like I 
I hate being bullied with, I hate when people get hurt, I hate unjust wars, uh, and my intention is love, compassion, peace, and understanding, and lifting this world to the next level. Amen. And uh, so, also... Uh, You're from Copenhagen? I, I was born in Copenhagen, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's the epitome of uh, civilization, isn't it? <laughs> it's a very civilized know. city, I understand. It is. I, it's a very <laughs> nice city, for sure. But uh, I moved to Sweden when I was eight, and oh. then uh, I grew up there. I, uh, my, my family was very much involved in the resistance movement uh, against the Nazi occupation. And uh -huh. So I grew up with all of these stories about how important it is to stand up for what you believe in and what is right and true. Even though you might be in the minority of one, it doesn't matter if what you feel in your heart is the right thing to do, do it. And so I started out as a journalist and I got myself in into this area where uh, I spent many, many years looking into the JFK assassination. I was one of the speakers at the JFK assassination conference in 2016, where I was also asked to represent the people of Europe and give a short speech after the silent minute in Dili Plaza. And uh, I've been traveling around on my own to 13 different countries giving uh, presentations ex in great detail exposing uh, what happened. Uh, I've also been on location to more or less all places where so-called terror attacks have happened here in Europe. Interesting. And uh, I've looked into many, many, many of the alleged mass shootings in the U.S. as well. So... Uh, I, I really put myself on the line in this thing and uh, I'm doing everything with the intention of stopping the madness to transcend this whole thing and, and create a beautiful environment for all of us to thrive in. But there, are, there is this very dark, like a cancer growth that is trying to destroy us from, from inside. And so I think it's because my intention has come from the heart and not just from hate or anger or revenge and that was the reason why i was given this peace prize which i'm i'm very very uh, happy for because it it sort of shows that somebody has understood what is i'm trying to accomplish and uh, i was also adopted by the apache nation a few years ago because they also see that i'm fighting everyone's war everyone's fight and so i had them by my side as well and you've been a select speaker at the World Peace Day in Gibraltar. That as well. So, let's get into coup d'etat. You're tackling many different subjects, but we can paint we can paint with a with a broad brush if what I try to convey to listeners and, and of course I'm in Florida. So, uh, uh, what we've got what we've got in the United States as far as as far as my view is we've got We've got a document to, to govern ourselves, which is extremely successful, if not the most successful uh, document of governance ever written by man, and that would be the U.S. Constitution. Of course, that's coming from an American standpoint. We've got that, but then in conflict, we've got, and again, this is, this is, this is in the U.S., we've got the Federal Reserve, which, which 
uh, without being trained in, in, in law, uh, I'm a, an outsider, and I'm saying that's that seems to be uh, there seems to be many uh, elements of that mechanism which conflict with 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 constitutional rights. Uh, a Federal Reserve, first off, it's a private bank, and so from 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 that kind of inception and that broad brush. Then we can kind of look at some of these different international connections. So if, if the Federal Reserve, at least in the United States, is masked as far as as far as members of the Federal Reserve, then then how do we not know that that the Queen of England or or very wealthy people from uh, from 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 any any country on the on, on the planet can buy shares of that? Because we definitely know it's it's divided into twelve segments, and there are shares. Just like on the stock market, there are shares. Uh, individuals like the Rockefellers are assumed to, uh, presumed to own a large portion of shares of the Federal Reserve. But if we get into JFK, which you've, which you've, which you've looked at extensively, and it was a number of years ago where somebody approached me and says, "Look, Ian, you're not going to believe this, but JFK was assassinated for the same reason that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated." And then you're looking at a hundred years, right, of of, uh, uh, of time that 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 trans uh, 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 the trans uh, trans transformed between the two the, between the two assassinations. Uh, you also have uh, a president like Garfield and also McKinley. But JFK had his head blown off evidently because of some very coincidental coincidental items like your website being sabotaged or coincidentally going down and being attacked, which seems to be attacked uh, recently. Um, so what can you tell listeners about, and I'm not asking you to get into the Federal Reserve, although if you'd like to, uh, you're invited to, and even if you draw on a parallel between Abraham Lincoln and the assassination of, of, of both of those in JFK, but let's get into coup d'etat and tell listeners what they should be, um, what they should be looking at, because, um, you know, here we are, uh, here we are, 60 years after the man's death, and there is a large portion of people internationally that are still looking into this and questioning the narrative that's been presented uh, by the CIA. Well, I think it would be a very, very good thing to look into it very critically because the official story is an absolute, absolute, absolute 100% and total lie. What we are looking at in that assassination and so many other assassinations and so many other very ugly and violent events in the world are the effect of the exact same power structure. And I believe that uh, over many, many centuries, uh, the power has been concentrated to fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer because for during all times there's always been a small little group that often call themselves the elite uh, that have uh, had the desire to control and slave uh, make the rest of us into slaves uh, where we would kiss their feet and even pay them to to do whatever they want to us but the way how can how can the few control the many uh, how can a few hundred or a few thousand control billions of people? It's only through psyops. Uh, they need an outer enemy, and it's only through fear that they can control us. And the people, the few of us, 
that start seeing what is going on and have the courage to stand up, they will elim eliminate uh, on at least up until this point. And so, so many of these people that have been assassinated or have their reputation destroyed or, um, well, you name it, getting in the way of this brutal death machine have ended up six feet under. And uh, JFK is one very, very good example of that. And I would suggest that his death was uh, the last real elected president, uh, more or less, because yeah. every, even though he came to power as well with the help of his father right. and the Chicago mob, yeah. so that, that election was uh, somewhat rigged as well. Yes. And it was a very, very close race between him and Nixon. So it wasn't this, uh, yay, everybody loves Kennedy type of thing that you, you would believe now. But... I believe that it was at the Bay of Pigs invasion. No, sorry, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, where uh, the world was extremely close to getting into a Third World War, and where Kennedy was the one with the finger on the button that could have started this mayhem. And uh, the whole military-industrial complex, who just thrives on death and destruction, it was sort of shouting at him, press it, press it. People in their room said that Kennedy was sitting there with tears in his eyes just saying, I refuse to be the one that do this to the world. And it's it's from that point on, I believe, that he suddenly, from being sort of a glamour, rich uh, man, rich, uh, you know, like a spoiled brat type of person who, who came to the White House without really knowing what he was doing, it's at that point where he turns and becomes this very determined individual who is saying, I am going to make some changes here. And it, that is from that point where he goes out, he says, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to crush the CIA into a thousand pieces. I'm going to take away the power from the Federal Reserve Bank, like you were talking about, because that is a totally uh, private and illegal institution when you see what they're doing. Uh, he was going to take the silver value back into the American dollar. He was going to... Uh, fight the Israel's rights for nuclear power. He was going to know the weapons. He was. He put his uh, brother Rob, uh, Bobby uh, to chase down the, the mob. I mean, there was like a 700% uh, raise of uh, verdict against mob members in one year. And that was as a thank you for the mob helping him get into power. So they got very, very pissed off as well. And... There were just so many different uh, areas he was going to pull out of the Vietnam as well, uh, stopping the whole drug trade that they were being planned there because the the U.S., the, the Vietnam War was actually a French war where right. the U.S. just took over. Right. And the reason I would suggest they took over was because of the drug trade from the Golden Triangle. So how to get it from there into the States? One of the major reasons was uh, for the war was to get that transport uh, channel open many times unfortunately and very uh, awful uh, in, in the bodies of dead soldiers that they just guarded them and stuffed them with with drugs flew them home in caskets with the american flag on top and then well, once it was received there they opened up took the drugs and then buried the bodies so it's very very ugly but when he started making major changes like that the people in the dark corridors of power just said, this guy needs to be stopped. And so 
this is exactly what they did and they did it in out in the open right in front of people right in front of cameras daylight open place i mean they so easily could they have just slipped a pill in his coffee and he would have had had a heart attack so what they actually did was they they stated their state of power they said by killing him the way they did they said we can get anyone anywhere at any time so whoever you are back off and shut up and stay in line and leave us to do what we are doing and this is what the world has done ever since because I believe that the, the, the minute when Kennedy, uh, JFK, died, that was a coup d'etat. It was uh, not just a killing, it was a coup d'etat of the Western world. And uh, the same powers that took over there, once they got rid of JFK, everything, their plans just started accelerating in all different kinds of uh, uh, directions. With, with many different wars that were lined up, with the whole, uh, you know, destruction of the, of the young generation through LSD, flower power, uh, the, the hippie movement and all of these things that were also directed from the same powers, how they also started doing uh, even more uh, coup d'etats in South America and took over country by country by country. And the whole drug trade, just started amplifying in a whole new uh, level. Then it, it went on for a few years. The, the years were very chaotic in your country uh, in the mid-60s, where it was almost civil war. Malcolm X was standing up. They killed him as well. And then after some years again, suddenly the people started gaining hope because many people lost hope after JFK died. And then Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King started really rising up. And uh, Robert was welcomed like a rock star. And with his whole Kennedy Camelot legacy, the the road was open straight to the White House. There was no one that could challenge him. And I believe that uh, had he become president, he had uh, got uh, Martin Luther King as vice president. That was the idea. And so if you look at had that happened, how different would the world have been today? I mean, you cannot even imagine how different it would be. So uh, also at that point, Martin Luther King had gained uh, international reputation through the Nobel Peace Prize. And also not only did he try to, uh, to fight for the rights of the black population, the American African, but also he was aiming at the poor all the poor ones, yeah. uh, what didn't matter, white, uh, Latino, Native Indian, African, you name it, all of them joining together. So it, it was not only black and white, it was also the poor man's. And he also aimed to stop the Vietnam War. So he was becoming a massive problem. And he was aiming at the, a million man march to Washington that would have just locked down the whole capital. And they would not they would refuse to move until changes were made. So I believe that they tried to stop both uh, King and Robert Kennedy by shooting King and hoping that Robert Kennedy would back down. So they killed King and Robert did not back down. So just one month later, boom, they took him out as well. And since then, the world hasn't really recovered. Then came 9-11, 
where you had the second. It, it's almost like a two-step rocket. The JFK one was a massive, massive turning point in world history. And then 9-11 was yet another one where many of the key players behind 9-11 were the same people as behind uh, JFK. So we, we, it's the same power structure. They just uh, redirect and do it in different ways, but you will find the same individuals, the same families, the same p power structure and hidden strings being pulled from behind the scenes behind these operations. So a very good question would be, okay, see what actually happened, understand who was behind it, and then ask yourself, what are they up to today? Because many of them are still very, very active, and they're pushing the world in a very fast pace into a very dark uh, corner if we do not react. Yeah, well, well said, uh, Ole. Um, from, from a Dane's standpoint, and, and, and from an Amer again, from an American standpoint, what, what I try to raise alarm with are some of the connections. I mean, this all started for me a couple of years ago when uh, I'm originally uh, from from San Francisco, and 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 so um, when when we were sprayed with a with a toxic pesticide uh, to combat the quote Zika virus, um, I found some alarming alarming connections uh, that the the a the pesticide had been banned in Europe for being a neurotoxin. Um, so I thought, well, why is it being used here? And then when I found the relation between uh, the two, that is the virus. Uh, that was discovered in the 1940s in Africa with the pesticide that had been developed in uh, California by Chevron Chemical Corporation in the 1950s, uh, that the Rockefellers uh, had a major interest in both, uh, almost exclusive interest in, in both of those things. I, I was then led down a road uh, to that connected some dots to Hegelian dialectic, which I'm uh, sure you're probably uh, uh, familiar with, but but what it what it from an American standpoint again, it's hey, you've got to take the the Federal Reserve, you've got to open that thing up because that does not align in morality uh, with uh, with with the with the United States Constitution. Now JFK, of course, being the first Catholic president, uh, but from a Dane's standpoint. Where do you find some of these larger connections? And again, I, I, I don't want to sound biased, but certainly I see America as being a beacon of hope. Uh, you know, uh, basically a, uh, a, 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 a large uh, speaker that would come from who you are uh, as an individual, uh, dedicating your life to trying to help others take those to task that are in power over them. Uh, and so that's how I see the United States. But the major obstacle to that being uh, giving, giving everyone freedom and liberty, if you will, uh, would be the Federal Reserve. How do you see these power if you call it a deep state, these power brokers, these, these, these families that have been in power one way or the other, for generations because, of course, we know that there are a lot of, as a European, uh, yeah, I mean, this is where this country had started was from Europeans. And so prior to, uh, prior to England and France and Denmark and these countries, we had the Roman Empire. What do you look at historically as being kind of 
a nucleus, because there's various powers, and I'm sure there's power struggles w- within a large power. I, I, I can bring up perhaps the Committee of 300 and maybe what you, what you know that to be, um, or some of these very wealthy families in Venice or Italy. Uh, how do you kind of see an attempt to, uh, to dissect... Uh, on an international level, this uh, this 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 uh, nuclei of uh, nuclei of power power that you speak of that presumably from your research uh, took out JFK and some of these other very key figures historically. When I started out, I did not see that there were any connections between these many many different cases I was looking into. I. I had no clue. Then over the years, I found more and more and more dots being connected and coming back to the same. It's like an octopus where it's leading back to the same head. It's almost, it doesn't really matter almost at this point, whatever you're looking into, if it's vaccines or chemtrails or assassinations or unjust wars or drug trading or, uh, you name it, these virus scares, like the Zika one you were just talking about, the Ebola, the swine flu, it's the same, the same, the same. And it's, it, about the it's money. like you you get into, um, if you t- make, get sort of, if you rise above the whole thing and you start seeing what's going on, you have to understand that this is done way beyond nation borders. It has nothing to do with France as a nation, England as a nation, the US as a nation, Italy as a nation. We're looking at what is called the new world order, that agenda, where these power structures, these families, these people are using the world as a chessboard uh, playing using the different countries as, as pieces on a on a uh, on a chessboard, just playing with us. Uh, and where they got different power centers, they got the financial power center. This same structure in the old city of London. They got the religious center in the Vatican, and they got the war center in Washington. And so. Whatever needs to be done, they use these three centers, and it's like uh, everything is circulating in this triangular. Mm-hmm. So you got drugs and pedophile trafficking and organ trafficking and weapons and and uh, oil and minerals. You name it, it's just three centers. And so when you talk about the U.S. as a beacon of hope or light, I'm very sorry in my world, uh, and not only my, but... Uh, if you see uh, mm-hmm. if there's anything called a terror tool in the world, that is the U.S. Army combined with the NATO uh, forces. Yeah. I have this from Chip Tatum as well, who's been in the U.S. Army his whole life. He was the commander of uh, George Bush Sr.'s secret hit team Pegasus in the end. And uh, I mean, he says the U.S. Army is the terror tool of the world. When you look at your history, Tell me one other country that you know that have started more than one war, maybe two in total. You are up in the hundreds. I mean, I'm very sorry to say, but when were you at peace? When were you without uh, making war anywhere in the world at any time? I think, I don't know if that has ever happened since the nation was created almost. So what I try to do is... I try to reach the people in uniform in the NATO units and uh, in the American forces because I know the soldier 
is a very good person who's signed up to do what he believes and he thinks that he's going to, or she thinks that they're going to uh, other countries and liberate them from different threats and so on. But the, the thing is, they're just being used as enforcers, as brutal right. slaughters right. and killers, paid killers to invade innocent countries that right. the only problem or thing they've ever done is that they have minerals, oils, or strategic location, or whatever the reason is. And uh, so it's awful to see how these uh, people are soiling their souls by committing atrocities. Yes. It done not done for greed, but not their own greed. It's the same people we were talking about before. So it's not, but, and, and also when you see these people, when they come home, I mean, they've been fighting for the nation and they think they've done something good. Maybe they've got arms and legs blown off and they've done horrific things that have scarred their soul. And how are they treated when they come home? Are they treated like heroes? No, many of them end trash. up as trash. Yeah homeless right i mean there are more people killed by more soldiers killed by suicide than in in combat and uh, and being used in all kinds of uh, medical experiments and pumped up with you name it or and sprayed with orange uh, agent orange and all kinds of weird stuff so i i say to people in in the service please wake up before right. you destroy yourself and and get out it's not worth the pension you're being told it's not worth it if you destroy yourself your your soul your inner being for doing something that is totally wrong yeah and, and you're the one who have you're the one who have to to live with it they're the ones who have to live with the, their actions you know they're the ones who did it even though they were given an order, they were still the ones that pulled the trigger or, or tortured that guy or whatever. And they had to live with it. So it's so, so sad. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Violence in any form is 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 disgusting, in, in my opinion. And and like you say, the military-industrial complex is completely controlling uh, the U.S. military to to invade invade innocent countries and destroy innocent families in the name of natural controlling natural resources and profiting and at that and, and this is my this is my message to my listeners that is completely contrary to why this uh, this country was founded and the words the words containing in the, in the United States Constitution and it's that that I lead, allude to as being a beacon of hope for freedom and liberty and justice for all um, but you make you make it very clear that Ole that that the United States is using and has been using for perhaps uh, since its inception, uh, using its its military might for a very disastrous and wrong uh, wrong reason. Um, Ole, you brought up some very incredible uh, points, and uh, and and I'd like I'd like you to. Leave listeners with uh, a couple things. Um, a, uh, in your view, what, regardless of where they are in the world, uh, Mexico, Canada, um, uh, in, in Spain, regardless of the listener is, what, in your view, and, and you may want to get into a, a decentralization uh, of the internet or of whatever it may be, currency, because that's a that's a huge. 
uh, blooming uh, movement uh, in a sense, and it alludes back to uh, you know we're all human beings, and 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 these these power brokers don't you know they're they're not they're not seeing uh, they're not seeing these countries as, 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 as in regards to to the borders that they that they have. Um, leave listeners with something that you feel they can do to improve uh, the situation uh, uh, wherever they are. Um, what are your comments in that regard? The way that they're controlling us uh, is the same way that the old Romans were doing it. And it, they got very, very few methods against us, I would say. And most of it is built on PSYOP and most of it is built on fear because it's only through fear that the few in power can control the masses. So they create fake boogeymen that they can blame it on so that uh, we will become fearful. They will say boo-boo over here. So we, the normal people, will go, oh, my God, we need protection. And then we turn towards the ones that uh, we think are there to protect us, not understanding that it's actually them who have created the problem, and then accepting whatever solution they do for our protection. It is the old Roman template problem, reaction, solution. That is super important to be uh, come aware of. That was the Agellian uh, dialectic you were talking about before. Super, super important to become aware of how it's done because it's done on a daily basis in so many different levels of our life, all the time for our protection. I think not. It's totally the opposite. They, it, they always the solution they offer us is always the same. More and more control, more and more militarized police, more and more surveillance cameras, more and more, you name it, highly sophisticated things to protect us. But actually, it's the one that is offering us that solution that is doing it to us. All of these mass shootings, I would say more or less all of them, more or less all of the terror attacks here in Europe are not what we are being told. I mean, I've devoted my life to, to these things, and I should be an expert on Muslim terrorists. I mean, I've been traveling to I don't know how many countries looking into these things, doing every kind of research on location that I've, I've been able to do, and I have not found one single Muslim terrorist. What I have found is state-sponsored terrorism, inside jobs, financed and carried out by NATO, using the Gladio network, uh, backed up by the U.S. Army, the CIA, uh, Mossad, and uh, mostly MI6, and also with backup in the different uh, uh, countries where these operations are carried out, and then financed by Saudi and other countries. But all of them with the intention of global control. That is what they want, a one-world fascist state with a one-world army that is not there to protect us but to control us, a one-world digital currency, super dangerous, super, super dangerous, because once everything is digital and you don't, you can't pay with uh, cash if your card or chip doesn't work, yeah. then whoever controls your chip can control you and just turn you off. So if you start saying things they don't like, boom, Thank you, Ian. You're out of the game. And there's nothing you can do about it. So extremely dangerous. It, it goes on, but it's total control. They also want a lot less of us on this uh, beautiful world. They would like to get rid of two-thirds or something like that. Uh, so they're playing God big time. So yeah. can I? you said, what can we do? Yeah. I said, if you look at the templates, for instance, one of them that they love is divide and conquer. 
They want us to be fearful of each other. They want uh, us to see each other as enemies, divide and conquer. That's how they do it, so that we don't have time or the focus to start looking at the real source of our problems, which would be pointing at them. So I say, they say divide and conquer. Whatever they dis want us to do, turn it around and you will find the solution. Divide and conquer, I say unite and love. You know, so instead of fear, fearing your neighbor, invite your neighbor home for lunch, you know, go, f go up to whoever you fear in the street and say, for some reason, I fear you. I don't even know you. It's very, very strange. Would you mind if I buy you a coffee and let's just sit down and talk because I, I'm, this is not right. And I tell you, this is a beautiful way of getting new friendships because most of the time that other person will fear you as well. And it's, it's through this propaganda thing where they try to divide us and make us fear each other and so on. So turn it around and then start, do what you can to, to lift the neighborhood you live in, the family you, you live in, your friends, whoever. There's so many different areas, so many thousands of people that are lonely, that are in despair, that, are, that needs help, you know. So instead of saying, I'm going to save the world or I'm going to fight, whatever, do what you can to empower yourself through meditation, through clean, cleansing yourself from the inside, you know, peace is an inside job, and then spread it out there and do and spread kindness. Be good, do good, and just empower people around you in the best way you can and unite communities, unite villages, unite, you know, help uh, each other with growing food, become self-sufficient, become, you know, the more that you can take the power back uh, in all different areas, Take the water back, take right. the food back, take them, the way of, of uh, uh, dealing, maybe s see if you can find ways around using uh, their currency, um, these type of things. And use your create creativity, use your passion and see what can I bring to the table? What can Just like Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And I would expand that to say, what can I do for the world? And Excellent. Yes. And then go for it, full speed ahead, and know that violence is never the solution. Never the solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Ole, uh, you say they, and, and we're winding down, we're limited here. Will you say they, for listeners to understand who they are, uh, who are they? It's a very, depends on, on what level you're talking about, because... Uh, if you look at the global power structure, it's like a pyramid totally compartmentalized into smaller and smaller pyramids inside, all of them disconnected and compartmentalized. So it's very hard to, to follow and find the real, what is at the exact top of the power pyramid. I go, I, I work mostly on sort of a street level where uh, I identify and try to stop uh, terror attacks. I expose assassins and so on so they can no longer be uh, brutal uh, but when once you get up into the power structure i my knowledge goes up to the level where behind the scenes above governments you will find groups like the bilderberg group the trilateral commission the Com uh, council on foreign relations the committee of 300 that level where you still can identify very very um, uh, clear individuals and also 
become aware of who are part of these groups and also understand that if they're in these groups, their loyalty is not towards you, they're towards some totally different thing and they should not be trusted, they should not be put in any kind of power position, which they are at this point, they're always in the top. But above that is the where you find the structure, what is called the New World Order. And what they try to do is, like I said before, this is a global domination and totally destroy everything and out of the ruins build their new mm-hmm. world order. Where I tell you, if we let that happen, welcome to absolute hell. That is that I can guarantee. So what is at the exact top? I mean, some people say aliens, some said the Jesuits, some say Illuminati. I, I don't know. But uh, just like the immune system in the body, it's not important for the immune system to know everything about any virus or disease that attacks the body. They just know their job is to defend the body and, and solve the problem. So this is what we have to do, become our own immune system and just empower that. And then whatever attack comes, be aware of it first to identify, see that there is actually a problem. Because many people are so they're asleep to what's going on because there is an invisible soft war at the moment. It's called a soft war because it's not using bombs and, and explosives, but it's a massive war that is going on Sorry. where they're, they're, they're really, uh, it's almost like a, on a spiritual level where they're fighting to conquer our souls. And so I think uh, now is a very good time to wake up, smell the coffee and see this is not a time to just sit around and pick your nose and change channels. This is a time to stand up for what is true and right. Ask yourself, what does your heart say? What is right? You have the answer in your heart. You've been confused by your mind because it's been totally pumped up with propaganda and crap. So I think brainwashes, I love that word because uh, we need to wash our brain, give it a really good rinse, get all the crap out there and start listening to the heart and then act from there. Well said, Ole. Oh, my goodness. You've got some very wise words. Uh, Very wise words. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, 2017 Prague Peace Prize winner, Ole Demigard. Ole, do you have some parting words for listeners? I would very much like to, first of all, say, uh, since we are under heavy attack and it's costly, it's like I'm, I'm hiring this, uh, this team and it's like sitting in a cab with a meter on day and night. So anyone who would like to help me just pay this team. Uh, I've got PayPal account. It's info at lightonconspiracies.com. And that's plural, conspiracies.com, because there's a lot more than one going on. Info at lightonconspiracies.com. Any help would be extremely appreciated. Except from that, if it's okay with you, Ian, I would very much like to end with a prayer. Even though I'm I'm not religious, but I am a spiritual being, as we all are. And uh, this is a prayer that I really love, and it goes like this. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness, so victory to that light. Beautiful. That's a beautiful... Where does that prayer come from, Ole? 
is my Raja Yoga teacher, Nelani Chalaram, who, who made that. Raja Yoga is something that has really changed my mind. It's the philosophy that uh, Gandhi was living by, Martin Luther King. And it, Raja Yoga actually stands for the science of the mind. So it's, it's an absolute beautiful manual of how to deal with your mind, how to keep yourself in, in control even though you're under uh, attack and, and so on. I can very much re recommend it. It's, it's changed my life. So, and when it comes to my teacher, if you're interested in this type of thing, her name is Nelani Chelaram. It spells Nalaniya. Chelaram, and I filmed at least a couple of hundred uh, hours of her talks and put it on YouTube, so you can find it there. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Ole Demigard. Ole, thank you for joining the program. We look forward to speaking with you in the future. Anytime, Ian. You take care. So the, the issue here is you heard Ole talk a few times, at least twice, mentioned something called the New World Order. Sound like some sort of a conspiracy theory to you? If so, take out a dollar bill from your wallet, flip it over, you're going to see two round seals. One is an eagle. The other is what looks like an Egyptian pyramid. Look at the lettering around that seal, and you will find in Latin those very words. I will be right back with some closing comments. You've tuned into Discussions of Truth. On Winwood Radio, I am your host, Ian Trottier. And it fires me up. And that's the feedback that I've gotten as well from some of you. That it it fires... Turn up the volume there. Fires you up. It's a fire, a fire up song. Wow. Ole Demigard. This guy has done his research. He, you heard it from him. 30 years. 30 years of researching various... Well... Coup d'etats, but the major one, the John F. Kennedy assassination. We've been very fortunate on this program. A New York Times col uh, columnist, uh, Stephen Kinzer, now a fellow at Brown Institute, Watson Institute, John Perkins, fellow hitman for uh, a contractor with the CIA, Nomi Prince, uh, Goldman Sachs, and uh, Mississippi State Senator Chris McDaniel. Those are just a few. You can catch all of the episodes on iTunes, uh, 
Google Play. You can read some of my old articles on Steam. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. No more lies. You can buy that book. It's a quick read. Five ninety nine. Link on my website. I a n t r o t t i e r. And we'll be right back here at five o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time next week, Wednesday, with former Black Ops agent operative Cody Snodgrass. It has been my pleasure to deliver this show as I always do. And until next week, be awesome.